Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, I have a guest, and I'm very excited for you to get to know this guest. Her name is, I know her as Lindsay Lassen, but her name is Lindsay Kane now. And that is because I've known Lindsay since playgroup. Like, Lindsay grew up across the street from where my grandfather's house was for decades. And my mom grew up in that home. And I mean, Lindsay and I have known each other forever. When you see those TikToks, I actually sent one to Lindsay the other day when they're like, this was, this was, you know, the the 16 year olds now doing their like sexy dances. And then it cuts to a frame where it's, you know, from the 80s or 90s, early 90s. And it's like awkward girls doing dances. That was me and Lindsay. I remember we did a dance to Dangerous Minds. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh my God. Been you could probably still most do the dance, Like, I remember that. Like, yeah, <laughs> right? Michelle Pfeiffer. It was fantastic. So the reason that I wanted to have Lindsay on, and I'll let Lindsay introduce herself in a second. um, But the reason I wanted to have Lindsay on is because I've worked with Lindsay and her family for a good while now. And I've worked with Lindsay regarding herself. And I've supported Lindsay with her kiddos. And we felt that it would be really cool to have the lens of almost like a session kind of like I would do with one of my clients. And I feel very grateful, Lindsay, that you're willing to open up and share about your kiddos and some of the struggles that they're having, because I do feel that this will help other parents be like, oh my gosh, that's my kid too. And um, I haven't had a in-depth real life breakdown of how your kiddos are doing right now. And so Lindsay is going to share that with us. But first, Lindsay... How about you introduce yourself, tell you, tell everyone who you are, where you live, and what you do, and all the things. Um, Lindsay, uh, like Brooke said, we've known each other for a really long time, and um, I live in California, and we live on the coast. It's beautiful. We have two little boys, um, four and almost six, our dog, Donut, who's crazy, um, and you know, my six-year-old just started kindergarten, and he's definitely our our tough one. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Lindsay also owns a beautiful jewelry company, and you should look her up. We'll do all the information at the yeah. end if you guys are interested. I've posted some of her stuff before, um, and I personally have a few of her pieces, and they're beautiful. But yeah, Lindsay, let's dive in to 
I guess both of your kids, do you want to explain kind of both of their temperaments a little bit? And maybe that'll help the audience understand um, the differences between our different kids and different brains. So Izzy was a pretty early talker. He's my almost six-year-old. And he has just always been kind of a noisemaker and just very active, a little bit hard-headed, has a hard time listening, but can be very sweet. And I know that that's in there. Um, My four-year-old is almost, he's already empathetic. Like I can just tell that he, it clicks for him. He knows when somebody is sad and, you know, the right way or when to say he's sorry. Um, Whereas my other, I have to coach him on how to do it correctly and, you know, the feelings and how it all runs through his body. And, you know, for instance, like my Hayes is my younger. He is now in pre-K, which is where Izzy was last year. They're only a year apart in school. And, you know, it's now when I go pick up Hayes from school, it's like they're fishing for things to tell me because they don't have anything to say. Because whereas when I go pick up Izzy, they're like, well, this, this, and this happened today. You know, we talked about it. We figured it out. But like, these are the things that happened. So that's, I think, is a good um, example of their differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that you've shared with me over the course of a few years is um, a pattern of impulsivity, if you will, of like, there is no mean bone. I have met Izzy. Like, there is no mean bone in his body, but yet he does things or he's impulsive and he doesn't necessarily realize how or why he's doing them in terms of it's not malicious, right? One of the examples you've often given me is like, um, especially when he was younger is he would push Haze on the playground, but it was because he was either wanting him to go down the slide or like it was for a reason or he was excited or this or that, but it was still happening and then it would hurt Haze. And um, then of course we'd have to talk to Izzy and, um, support him and, you know, help him understand what is going on. Um, one of the things I will say to all of you listening is um, one of the things in that instance that I've taught Lindsay and I teach all my clients is teaching our kids a method of big tree, little tree in terms of, hey, buddy, do you see so that they can visually see? Do you see that big tree? Like you're the big tree because Izzy's the older one. And I did this with Charlie and Eli too, because Charlie did the same thing. And it was a way for him to be able to visualize the difference between a large tree and I would point out a bush. And I'd be like, that's Eli. Like Eli is the bush. Like he's our little tree. And we have to support and take care of and 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 watch out for the little tree because the limbs aren't as strong and um, they're they're still growing. And I built that foundation with my kiddos and especially that story, if you will. And I supported Lindsay through teaching Izzy that as well so that when we went back to 
because our kids need repetition. Our ki- kids need consistency. It's not, well, Brooke, I, I said the story. So like, why is, why are they still pushing my young, you know, my younger on the playground? It's going to take some time for it to like soak into their brain. So that way, once you set up the situation, you can then say, hey, remember, what are you? And then they can verbalize, I'm the big tree or just cue them of like big tree, little tree so that you've built that foundation. Lindsay, (laughs) in your opinion, um, just because we've built that foundation, would you say that that always works? I have to say that one of my biggest struggles is consistency. And, you know, now that you remind me of that whole scenario, I should talk about that more. You know, like I need to be more consistent. I always find myself in these moments of like him struggling and me trying to remember which new thing am I going to try, you know, to see what helps him and what works this time. And I think my husband and I both struggle with that. Working with Brooke, working with a psychiatrist, you know, trying out new techniques and then trying to be consistent and, you know, figuring out what works and, you know, not to guilt myself or fault myself. But I think that's where I lack is the consistency because I'm always like, well, let me try this one and see if that works. You know, that's a tough one for me. Yeah. I mean, the reason I asked you that is because I figured your answer was going to be no. And that is the right answer. Like it doesn't, just because you have all these toolkits, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work every single time. And I think you answered that question really well because you do think to yourself, well, how am I going to do it this way? Or how am I going to try it this time? Or same with Alex, which is Lindsay's husband. Like, what should I do this time? Because you guys also have to remember our children are always growing and leveling up. And I see this back and forth, even in my own home with my kids in terms of I get in this sweet spot and I'm like, oh, everything's going real good. And then all of a sudden it's like mother effer. Like they they grew up a little bit. They got smart. You know, they learned our ways. That no longer is sticking in terms of boundaries. And they've learned how to like level up over what we've just held the boundaries for. And so it's really important to have a toolkit, if you will. Um, For those of you listening, Izzy is hands down a seeker. I've seen it in person. And of course, Lindsay and I have talked about it a lot. I have a seeker as well. One of my kiddos is a seeker as well. And you guys know that when I talk about me, I'm a seeker or I would say a reformed seeker, okay? I've worked really damn hard to step on that brake rather than always stepping on the gas. And it actually feels really good to step on the brake once you get used to and comfortable with it. Um, Lindsay, how is Izzy doing in school so far this year? Um, first month was great. We even got you know a positive email from the teacher, which just felt amazing. And maybe this was what he needed, Um, you know, that he was in preschool for too long and it was repetitive and he just needed new scenery. That changed yesterday, about literally a month in. Um, He's comfortable. And he, I got an email from the teacher saying that he is pushing, shoving, and hitting his classmates. And that when the teacher pulls him aside to talk to him about it and to apologize that he'll just blurt out sorry 
and just try and scoots it off and tries to play like what he did was fine or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think it's really important to note that one month phase um, in terms of going back to school because every year, most most of our children get new teachers. There are some schools um, where like my coach Maria, who's on staff with us, her kiddos are in a school where they have the same teacher for three years, which is super cool. Um, but most of our kids get new teachers every single year. And that means that they are not as comfortable with that teacher. That means that they don't feel the safety to show their whole true colors in the beginning. And so I like to call it the honeymoon phase. And um, I also warn, you know, my teachers too. I'm like, hey, like this might be a honeymoon phase. Like, let me know if you need anything. Um, and so when Lindsay texted me yesterday and she was like, I got a letter yesterday. I was like, nope, we're not going to talk about this. We're going to save it for the podcast. And I, Lindsay, I really commend you and appreciate you sharing all of this because it's hard to be, to be like, yes, my kid is pushing or hitting or shoving or, or throwing or all the different things. And it can feel like it's a reflection of ourselves it can feel like this is something that we've done. And, you know, the way that society has presented that we all as a society, including our kids, like the way that we should present ourselves out in public is total respect. Everything is status quo and we're all perfect angels and especially our kids. And then when they're not, it's that's not right. Something's wrong or it's a reflection of our parenting. And that's really important for our listeners to get it like here is that this isn't something that Lindsay, it's not a lack of something Lindsay and Alex have done. Lindsay have, and Alex have done a tremendous amount of work with me and, you know, supporting Izzy and Lindsay and I don't work together on a regular basis anymore, but she's always reaching out to be like, oh, what should I do? This is going on. I need to check in. And we'll do check-ins, right? Um, but this is not something that Lindsay has caused or Alex. And that's super, super important. If your kiddos are struggling, don't shame yourself into thinking, this is my fault. This is something I've caused or I've done. Or um, my kiddos aren't listening because it's me, right? Sometimes it is their nervous system. And there's that's what needs tending to. Now, the hard part about school is that we do expect them to sit and behave all day long. And that for some kids, especially seekers, is incredibly difficult. It's it's really hard to stay in their chair the whole time. I mean, I didn't love sitting in my chair when I was in school. I effing hated school. Like now I've learned to love and I'm a life learner, but I did not like school. And Lindsay, I know you didn't either. Did, did you struggle yourself to like sit in the chair and all the things sitting in the chair, I don't think was as hard for me, but, um, focusing, um, you know, needing to just be on all the time when you're in class is, was definitely very hard for me. I mean, you know, I had learning disabilities and school was never easy for me. And, you know, I had lots of resources and all the things, and I have, 
expressed worry to you, to teachers, you know, to others that like, you know, maybe that's where we are with Izzy, you know, maybe there is something there, but it's hard to tell at this age and stage. Um, even though I think I was tested when I was like four years old, but school was really hard for me and it was not enjoyable. And another thing with Izzy, like I'm, you know, I need to follow up with the teacher. Like, I'm not sure when these things are happening, if it's during like free play or when they're sitting, you know, when I tried to talk to Izzy about it, he, I mean, this is the craziest part to me is he says, I don't know. I don't remember. And I'm like, do you not remember? Or do you just not want to talk about it? Mm-hmm. And it, and could, it be could be both. both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely could be. And that that kind of shows that there's no malicious intent for him. It's not like he's coming home and saying, well, I wanted to hurt, da-da-da-da-da, or like, I wanted to do these things, or like, I didn't like what the teacher was saying, so I just basically said, F you, and I'm going to do my own thing. Like, that's not what Izzy's saying. The hardest part for school and the hardest part for our children is that it's not conducive to children who do need a lot, a lot of movement. It's just not. And so what's happening is we expect that every child will be able to sit on their little square or circle and they'll be able to attend and they'll be able to focus for a long period of time. Um, That is not, that's not really doable for all children, but yet school, that's how we've set it up. So it's not conducive to all children, if you will. Now they've put things in school like bouncy balls rather than chairs, or there's like rubber bands on their, on their chairs. Or, you know, I talk a lot about chewy tubes or, um, standing, you know, a balance board is really great. But the biggest thing is that we need our children to be able to say, hi, I need a break. Like we need our children to be able to say, this is too much. And I need a break. If, you are getting notes home from school like Lindsay, or if the teacher's saying your kiddo's asking for a ton of water breaks or bathroom breaks, of course, check and make sure they don't have a UTI if it's bathroom breaks, but like, right? But like, this could be because their nervous system is saying, I don't want to sit in that chair anymore. Like, I can't do the thing. And a really great explanation of this in adult form is, (laughs) Lindsay, you're going to die. How often does Alex, Alex, I love you. How often does Alex (laughs) sit there watching TV at night while doing something on his phone? 90% of the time. 90% of the time. If I, if you feel called out in this moment, because you're like, shit, I do the same thing. We are multitasking all the time. I don't really know anyone who doesn't hold their phone anymore while doing something else, right? We are pushing everyone, please, like, don't text and drive. Like, don't, like, just do one thing at a time. But our brain tends to function in a way of multitasking because we've pushed so much and, or our brains have been patterned that way. And that's how they originally functioned. And they're good at multitasking. So to ask our child to sit and stay for an extended period of time for hours and hours and hours and hours when their body and brain is like, I've got to move, like I've got to do something. Let me do a fidget toy or let me do a this or let me do a that. It can only hold, they can only hold on for so long. So they're going to combust. And how it does come out is 
Maybe they don't know their strength. That's another thing with the pushing or that's not just the impulsivity, but they may not know how strong they are. Like they literally are like, I don't understand because they don't under, they don't understand how maybe even much stronger they are than others because they're seekers. A lot of seekers are super strong and they hold a lot of tension in their body and they have like abs of steel. It's kind of crazy. If you, if your kiddo is like ripped and you think your kiddo is a little sensory kiddo, that's a sign that they are if they have like muscles for days. Now, the biggest thing is safety. And you and I have talked about that too, of like for Izzy, you know, like jetting out in the street or safety with haze or things like that. How's all that been going lately? Um, they've gotten better about that. You know, they understand what the street is. It's stop at the corner Good. and stuff like that. Good. Um, yeah. So that's been much better. Good. Really, really good. Good. Um, I'm liking that a lot. Safety is a big one. That's where I like will absolutely go to red and like be like, yo, like I will, I will like, mm-mm. like I will become the crazy, the crazy that's like, whoa, I just heard her from down the street because I'm like, this is a safety hazard because I, I want my kids alive. Like this is a, you know, it's a big one. Um, so I'm glad that's going well. How is it at home in the afternoon? Like you got the note from home. How's things going behaviorally wise at home when he's gotten home from a day like that? So he goes to aftercare because they get out Mm -hmm. at noon here and he really loves aftercare. So I went to pick him up yesterday and he wanted to finish his drawing first. And so I sat with him there and his best friend was next to him and, you know, we were talking a little bit and I was like, you know, buddy, like we're going to go get a snack and we're going to go have a chat. And he's like, Mm. what are we going to chat about? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know, I got an email from Jennifer and he's like, Oh, about my behavior. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. I think I started to talk a little bit. And he's like, I thought we were going to go somewhere and talk. And I was like, we are. Okay. We started to leave. We were getting in the car and you know, I did, you know, jumped the gun a little and was like, so like, you know, like, what do you feel when you like go to push or hit, you know, like, what is that feeling that happens in your body? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I'm like, okay, like I'm frustrated. Are you angry? Um, I don't know. At that point, you know, I don't know if he's starving, what he ate at school and, you know, if he's just exhausted, I'm sure it's a combination of all the things. So anyway, we tried to like go get a snack and sit and talk. And I felt like he just sat there and didn't really listen to me. And I just did a lot of the talking. Mm -hmm. What if we tried, you know, squeezing your fists when you get angry or feel frustrated and before you go and shove somebody, you know, like just squeeze your fists and then try to walk away and take a deep breath. And I was like, you know, Jennifer has a calming corner or whatever she calls it, you know, that has beanbags and spot where he can sit down and like go over there and cool off. And we just tried to come up with some strategies of what he could do instead of that. And then it just kind of boiled down to if you keep your hands to yourself, then none of this would actually be an issue. And then we had to work on apologizing. So like, you know, say it like you mean it. And, you know, even if it was an accident or, you know, you didn't mean to, like, you still need to check on your friends and make sure they're okay. And 
you know, be kind. You don't want to be the mean bully or, you know, have kids not want to play with you. So I did also say that, you know, if this, like this kind of behavior, you'll go to the office. And he's like, well, it hasn't happened yet. And I was like, oh, excuse me. Well, it's going to. Like, maybe we need to do that just to like, you know, mm-hmm. show him what happens. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing all that. And you did a really great job of using your tools of how do you feel? And then if he said he didn't know everyone, this is the perfect example. So rewind that and listen to what Lindsay just said. If your child does not know, if they have no idea how they feel, that's when we do the education of giving them two options of like, do you feel this or do you feel this? Because that's when they they may not understand how they feel. And that's where the education comes in. We don't want to tell them up front. I heard you were really angry and really frustrated in class today because that's putting words in their mouth. And there's others in the realm of this work and especially in the parenting field where they do a lot of scripted work with parents to be like, this is what you should say. And it's a lot of, I see that you're feeling da 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 And it's a, a model of expressing, hey, this is what I'm seeing, but we need our children to verbalize it. And the way to do it is to first give them a voice if they don't know. Some kids will be really great at giving their feelings and sharing it. Others will be like, I don't know. I don't want to tell you. I have a lot of parents who are like, they're done with sharing their feelings. Like they're pissed off. They don't want to talk about this anymore. And I'm like, that's okay. Just keep, just keep doing it. It's totally fine because they'll get used to it. Um, so you did a really great job with that. Would you say that his behavior is, was like the same in the afternoon or do you think that he had like a ramped moment or we don't clearly know when it happened or how his food intake was, but like, how was the rest of the evening in terms of like his overall mood? Um, I thought it was interesting. Um, and I talked to Alex about it afterwards. So we got home and he didn't initially get out of the car. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go up the stairs. I'm going to go into the house, like get dinner ready. I had a feeling he was going to come up real hot and he kind of did. And as he opened the door, he stumbled and tripped or something and kind of hurt himself and wasn't happy. And we were like, you know, like go take a break in your room. Like, cool off a little bit. And he did. And then when he came back out, he, you know, said he was hungry. I was like, I know, you know, I'm working on dinner. He sat down, his brother was watching a video and he kind of cooled down, I think. And even Hayes tried to like engage with him and he didn't, he didn't yell back. He didn't, you know, get physical with him, which is normally something he would do if he didn't want um, his brother around. Then when we sat to dinner, turned the TV off and he, we talked about, I was like, you know, tell me what was a positive thing about, you know, what was your favorite part of the day? And he told me he really loved PE today and, you know, this was the game they played and whatnot. Mm. And then Hayes was having his own thing because we have struggled in the past with dinner time and sitting at the table and, you know, not having a screen and all those things that I know is bad and we've had to try and get out of it. So we do table Tuesdays and Hayes was like losing his mind and didn't want to sit at the table. Didn't like the dinner, you know, this, that, and the other, all the things. Um, and Izzy handled it well. He, I was like, you know, Izzy, like ignore him. I just want you to like ignore the bad behavior. And, um, and so we just talked with him and then even Alex, you know, brought up 
the email and, you know, was like, yeah, let's, let's work on your sorries, you know, apologizing. And it's like, what? Like, I'm sorry. And it's like, no, like mean it, like be nice about it. And so Alex is like, I want you to say 10, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, you know, they didn't start out great, but then once he got the right tone and we we're like, yes, like that's the nice way to say it. And then he did it. He did it 10 times and we we're like, okay, like, great. You know, that's how you should apologize. You know, that's how it sounds sincere when you say it. He seemed still calm. And I was like, you want to take a bath? He took a bath. Um, we got ready for bed. It was kind of a good night. Like he was relatively mellow. And then I snuggle with each of them uh, after we read books. And um, that's usually when I have my best conversations with Izzy. And we talked a little bit more about it, but I didn't want to heart too much at that point. I felt like we had talked a lot and I just told him this was something that we're going to continue to talk about and work on um, and that he can't treat his classmates like that. That was kind of where we ended. I think you guys did a really great job of, you know, it's really important to, even if it's sensory based, it's, it's very important for our kiddos to still learn boundaries, right? Even, so that's important to know, like, even if it is sensory based, we're not going to say, well, this is, that was sensory. So like that, that was them, their nervous system having a really hard time sitting in class. So, you know, it's, Oh, oh, well, they just, they were struggling, right? We love them. We're going to still snuggle with them at night. And and like you did all the awesome things. You didn't, you know, scream and reprimand and like rip them to shreds. You didn't harp. You just had some serious conversations. Um, it's really cool that he said he loved PE today. I, I just wrote that down simply because it does demonstrate like how much he needed movement. He's saying like, I needed that movement. Like that was the best part of my day. I loved the game we played because I needed it. Like I needed that movement, which is fantastic. The other thing, Lindsay, you can do is um, he's now get he's now he's getting older. So I would say this is an okay recommendation for him in terms of natural consequences. So when I support parents, I like them to kind of follow through. And you did that, like you had conversations and tried to teach him for, you know, about his actions. Um, But I like that they have a hard time at school. The child also knows that parents, like we know too, like you're not going to, this isn't something that we're not going to find out about. And then it's almost supporting the teacher in a way of saying, we're all on the same page. So if something goes down at school, like it's as if it goes down at home, right? So that that way we're all consistent. So the other thing you can do is instead of Lindsay just having him verbalize, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and like feeling that tone out and all the different things, I would have him write it. And the reason having him write it is because it will regulate his brain because it's pen to paper. So it's giving feedback into the muscles. It's slowing his brain down. And a lot of the kiddos who are seekers and impulsive, their handwriting is atrocious because they're going so fast that it's not sometimes legible. I'm not saying that's Izzy. I also love that you said that he was at aftercare sitting down um, drawing a picture with his best friend. That also shows, ding, 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 he can do it. Like he can sit and attend and and draw and and 
it's not like he's abandoning all like attend and focus tasks, right? It's just something was going on at school where he had an off moment or an off hour or an off few hours, whatever that is, right? But you can, instead of verbalizing it 10 times, you can have him write it 10 times or you can have him write. A lot of times what I'll recommend to parents too is like, we don't want to just shame, and you didn't shame, I'm just saying this in general. We don't want to just shame the behavior and have our child write down, I'm sorry I hurt Stephanie. I'm sorry I hurt Stephanie. Like, I'm sorry, like over and over and over, whatever it is, right? I would love something like writing an apology, but like, or if we write a, a sentence, it's I I can't or I, I I'm not allowed to hit, right? But I'm still a great kid. Like something that also gives positive feedback of like, I did something, but I'm still loved. My parents still love me. And and like I've had to have Charlie write things like that, but you know, I'm I'm like I'm still loved or I'm still a good kid or, or like whatever it is, like I'm still a great human or whatever it is. And Charlie's like, why am I writing this? And I'm like, because you are. Like you are an awesome kid. We all mess up. The other thing is the reason I a lot of times say natural consequences, some in some form of maybe handwriting or this or that is because we want our kids to feel it. And I know that sounds so uncomfortable to hear. I even hated doing it when I had to with my kiddos of like, oh, you're going to have to feel this. But it's teaching their brain that, okay, there is that quote natural consequence. And so their brain will understand that didn't feel good. Same as you're saying, maybe you should go to the office. Like maybe your brain, like that's basically saying, maybe your brain would be scared shitless if you went to the office and it would ding your brain into being like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that again because this was scary to go to the principal's office, right? Mm -hmm. I have a kiddo on the other hand who has wrapped every single person around their finger at his school to the point where last year I walked in and she was like, I got some goldfish for Charlie in case he like needs a snack. Is that a good, is that, is that good? And she like pulls out a post-it note and she's like, what snacks would he like? And I looked at her and I was like, no. I was like, I love you. I cannot thank you enough. You all have been so supportive to me. You're like family. I was like, but no. I was like, he needs to stay in the class as long as possible. We can't just... Charlie's like, well, I know there's goldfish and like my my favorite snacks in there and Cheez-Its and like whatever it is. So ding, ding, ding. I need a break, right? So we can't <laughs> overly do this for our kids. But if like he's never been to the office, something like that would totally be a negative feedback loop in his brain rather than a positive one. And so it's okay for our children to feel this a little. Like it's okay for them to have to do something or or write like an apology or or, or do something where we're we're learning within our brain and body how it feels to apologize for our actions or have remorse or all the different things. It's just teaching our children different things, different lessons. Now, like I'm saying, like handwriting is one that I used to do because I know my kids don't love doing that. Eli, he'd be like, okay, mommy. Like he'd love, he'd sit there all day. Charlie hated it. So like I knew that it was something that we could get done get over it and move on with the day rather than it being like, well, I guess none of us are going to TCBY tonight because, you know, this, you know, and and then it's like everyone's missing out or it's like this whole shadow of the rest of the day is like heavy. You can do something where it's like we can nip it in the bud. Something doesn't feel great for their brain. I've even tried walking before, like have them walk on a treadmill. Like I have a little walking pad that um, someone gave me 
And I was like, okay, let's go. And we did it. Like we just, and I cannot tell you how much he talked being on that. Walking to Lindsay, like when you're doing the snack and having those convos should also help with him as well. What was the, oh, the other thing I want to talk about as we kind of slowly round down is I brushed over it earlier because as soon as you said, I was like, this is going to be like a whole part of this. Like we have to kind of go there. And I mentioned it on my end, but I want to know from you, Lindsay, like how does it feel when you, if you can get vulnerable for a moment, like how does it feel for you when you get notes like that from home? And how does it feel for you when like you hear that your kiddo is struggling? Um, sad. I mean, I honestly, like I wasn't surprised. I knew that this was going to happen. And it was just a matter of time for him to feel comfortable there to, mm-hmm. I guess, in a way, show his true colors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, in some ways, I feel not that I've failed, but like that I've tried so many different strategies. And why, after what feels like three years of this kind of struggle, have we not found like a root cause almost? Like, what? is it that is triggering him to do these things? If it's already been this long, like, how am I going to figure this out? Like, what, what else do I need to do? And what's the best way to help him find the strategies to cope with the feelings and um, to not act out, you know, to find that regulation somehow that doesn't come out on other people. So I feel frustrated and sad. It's it's upsetting for him to have the same behavior over and over again. And I got to the point that I was like, you know, maybe this is just a brotherly thing. Like, this is brothers. And then when it started happening at school, um, even in preschool, it was upsetting. It's just, it's hard to hear that this, those same actions are happening outside of the house you know, having teachers come to me, you know, wanting to help, but also needing my help as well. You know, like I'm doing this at school. So like, hopefully you're reiterating this at home. And it's like, well, shit, like, yeah, I am like, I'm trying, you know, and, you know, this is the first time that I'm dealing with this teacher. So in this way, so, you know, we clearly like, you know, need to have some more conversations of how we can both tackle this together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. The biggest thing on our end that we can do is for sure be a team with our our teachers and be like, look, I'm here, whatever you need. Like you let me know so that I can, I can know what's going on at school. Right. So, and I know you will do that. I know you're a team player and you in the past, I mean, this is the first year he's at this school because he's, he's a big boy now, but um, I know in the past you had wonderful communications with your teachers that, you know, in the other schools that you've been at. Um, but I think it's really crucial that everyone he- hear basically what you just said of like, it's really hard to support and work on something like you said for three years and still feel like, oh, damn it. I got the text or I got the call or I got the email. It's like, fuck. it's like, oh, and I have to say, I hear that. I, I have moments like that with like my own kiddos. I'm like, damn, we've been working on this for so long. Like, come on. You know, and then there'll be like a lull, right? Like the, the month and you're like, ooh, ooh, okay. And it's like, no news is good news. It's like, all right, well, here, okay. Well, like maybe, maybe this is working. Like maybe things have clicked, right? When our kiddos have sensory needs, it doesn't mean that their brains are broken. And 
It just simply means that they need certain things or they're craving certain things. And as well as the stimuli around them could be so much for their brains in terms of school that, again, they're trying to hold it together for so long. And I have parents who either it's happening at school and not at home, or it's happening at home and not at school, or they're holding it together all week and then it's a nightmare on the weekends, or they hold it together for a little while and then they show their true colors everywhere, right? There's a huge span of all the parents that I work with in terms of like when our kids show it and when they don't. Um, But it's more than okay to feel discouraged in those moments. It's more than okay to feel sad and frustrated because it is exhausting. And it gets to the point where it's like, sometimes we don't have it in us to just be like, how do you feel? Sometimes it's like, can't you just like, come on? Because it's not something that is, you know, when I was working in the clinic, it was like, well, I would see your kiddo for I don't know, 30 minutes a week, every single week, once a week. And I was like, bye. But like, it's completely different supporting a child every single day. It's like repetition. It's like, come on. It just gets so exhausting and overwhelming and frustrating and sad. Like sad, such a good one. You did a really good job of sharing like one word (laughs) answers. Lindsay is a great client, guys. She's learned well. Uh, Lindsay's doing great. But yeah, it's, I really appreciate you saying that because, I mean, even the coaches on my team, like they worked with me at one point and then I saw such incredible, I, I just saw such great things in them that they ended up staying on and working with me, but they all have kids and um, they still struggle with their kiddos sometimes in one form or another. And it, it comes up for every single one of us, including me of like, I just wish, like, I just wish, like, can't this be like nipped in, like, I just wish we're, we're so far, like we've, we've done so much. Can't we just be there? And to that, I think it's really important that everyone know, you know, the literally the main reason I now work with parents rather than kids is because we have to understand this information for our children. And if we don't, then there's then it's like you're in the dark, like trying to be like, how do I, how do I do this? Right. But 30 minutes or that hour a week for me wasn't enough. But knowing that it wasn't enough, knowing that our kids need more, you know, I feel like this year went by so incredibly fast. Like I can't believe I'm already thinking about Thanksgiving. Like it's September. Like it's, I mean, it's past the middle of September. It's nuts. Um, and you have to hold on to the fact that, okay, maybe we don't, let's say a lot more pushing went on when, when Izzy was earlier in terms of like his, his banter back and forth with Hayes. And maybe he's not doing it as much anymore. Maybe he's sitting, you know, at dinner time a little bit more. We have to, like, there's no other way to do this other than to hold on to the progress and, and the small moments of like, I, I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, well, did the meltdown last longer or did it last short? Like, was it shorter? They're like, yeah, they actually rebounded a little bit more, but it's still happening. And I'm like, it might still happen, but if it happens maybe a little bit less frequent or it happens for a little bit less duration, we have to hold on to that. Like we have to say, yeah, like that's a win because if not, then 
we would just be crying in the corner like what what the f is the point right and so you ha- like keep holding on to the to the good like keep holding on to the good moments and con- like you have the tools like just keep doing them and you will very 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 slowly just like the safety i asked you I was like how's the safety going and you're like yeah like they've you know like they they get it now like that's a win and i think that we as parents we're so bogged down and annoyed or frustrated and it's totally okay to be annoyed, but like, or sad or all the different things from the things they aren't doing that we forget. Oh, thank goodness they are doing those too. Like that thing, like that. Okay. At least they're doing that now. Right. It's hard to like accept the wins because we are still dealing with some of the ick shit along the way. And so that's super, super important to remember is we have to look for the small moments. Kind of like I pointed out, he loved PE. I love that he was sitting down and drawing. Like I love that he was with his best friend. Like, you know, I love that he was, he, he engaged in saying, I'm sorry. Like I love that he still had great evening and snuggle time. Like, and it was a pretty chill evening. Like we've got to take our wins. You know, yesterday it sounded like Charlie as well had a harder day at school. I got a text from teacher as well. And I was like, okay, like, what is this going to look like at home today? Like, how is this going to be? But he had a great afternoon and a great evening. And so I took my wins, right? Like you take your wins. No kiddo is going to be perfect 100% of the time. No kid, like none. So we have to find and celebrate the wins. Like we literally consciously have to do that for our brains because our brains will not do that. Like we have to engage in finding those and being like, okay, I'm going to take that. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to focus on that when. Um, any other, Lindsay, any questions, anything we didn't cover, like as we're kind of wrapping up? One question that after Do it. we just had that. Um, so one of the things coming up for us right now is whether or not we do ADHD testing or an evaluation. And as much as I felt like, you know, let's just do it, you know, see what happens. I'm now kind of at that point of like, well, even if we find out that say he does have ADHD, I'm not at a point where I'm going to put him on medication as I don't think that's something that is necessary yet. I feel like we would still just be trying out new strategies and just trying to find what works best for him. And then we'd just kind of be in the same place, but we would just have this diagnosis, so to speak. So I don't know if we should do it or shouldn't do it. You know, is that important at this point or not? Mm -hmm. You know, the only reason I see benefits to testing our children, because testing is wildly expensive if, if you're doing it outside of the, um, school realm. Like if public school is doing it for you, then it's free. But if we're paying someone outside of that to do it, it's thousands of dollars for parents. If it wouldn't change your course of action, what, what's the point, right? Like if it's not going to change anything you're doing now, then, then what's the point, right? The only time I think personally that it is of benefit to the child is to, A, get services through the school system. B, to have a baseline if you're like, I'd like to at least know, right? That's something that a parent has to decide if they want to know and and gather information. Um, The other 
option is to then either do like if you personal preference, but medication or um, an IEP or anything like that. Like if there are steps that would be taken or let's say from a diagnosis. So for instance, there's something called ABA. It's applied behavioral analysis for children. And it's only, um, it may have changed now because I don't do insurance anymore. But when I was doing insurance, it was only covered for kids with a diagnosis of autism. So ABA is like hours and hours of therapy that kiddos who are on the spectrum receive through insurance and it's covered. So for that, it's like, well, if you think your child's on the spectrum, that is a huge benefit because you're getting hours and hours and hours of support for your child. Why wouldn't we do that? I don't love the fact that in, for me, it was third grade. I was diagnosed with attention deficit disorder. I, I like, I can't stand that these words and these labels still have the word disorder at the end of the day, but that's personal for me. I think that's kind of ridiculous, especially when we're in this like united, like accepting all right type of world that we live in now. Why are we still calling things a disorder? It may just simply be that our kiddos need more breaks, or it may just simply be that school was not necessarily set up for the whole brain child. And it's hands down at the end of the day, personal preference for you. Um, But it can also be a support maybe to your teacher um, or to anyone who, if you're wanting to seek more support for Izzy, then you'd be like, okay, like let's, let's learn and see what's going on. The hardest part about all these tests is that they're not in the most natural environment. They are one-on-one. They're not in, you know, a space of like, let's see how a child functions one-on-one versus in a classroom. Let's, and yes, there's, there's questionnaires and there's observations, like there's all of that. But at the end of the day, these individuals who are plugging out all of these different assessments, they have a, they have a template, right? Where they're, trying to say, this is what I see with your child, but they haven't lived with your child for six years. They don't necessarily know your child the way that you are going to understand them inside and out, right? So at the end of the day, it is just a label. It is just a, let me try and like put them in a, in a category to say, okay, that's what we, you know, that's who they are. And I believe that categorical system was to hopefully be able to support them of being like, great, if you have this, do this. But every single child with, quote, ADHD is different. Every single child who has sensory needs is different. Every single child who has autism is different. Every single child, you know, who has a learning disability or dyslexia, we all present differently because every single one of our brains are different. Like, you know, like you got the same diagnosis as me, but we might function completely different, right? And like, I'm always squirming in my chair. You said it wasn't hard for you to sit in your chair, you know? So it definitely depends on the individual family of like what you're trying to get out of it and what you're longing to learn from it. Um, If you don't feel that he needs medicine or you don't want him on medicine, and again, that's a totally personal personal decision, um, then that's something that you have to decide. If If you're wanting a baseline or if you're wanting to just see where he's at right now, you know? The the most important thing is getting support from teacher and and family. Like as long as you guys are all united front, 
I usually tell parents, go in, have a meeting being like, if you can track, right? And we can see, is it, is he acting out because, or having a hard day, I should say, because we just traveled or dad's traveling. Like Lindsay track when Alex travels versus not and see his behavior then. Um, I used to track when the kids were at John's versus here. I used to track when the kids' teachers were out, when they'd have Halloween or when they, like, you will see total shifts in behavior based on different times of year, holidays, parents in and out of town, sleep, sleep regressions. Like if they didn't get that much sleep because they were traveling or they got to stay up late because it was Halloween or, you know, all the different things. And by the way, I usually tell parents like after Halloween, we're effed until like mid-January. Like all bets are off. Like behavior goes out the window because it's Halloween, Thanksgiving, and then the holiday season for Hanukkah and Christmas and all the things. And it's like it doesn't really stop until mid-January. So and we all get heightened in December. Like we all kind of do. So it's like October, November, December. It's like, ooh, it's just like a mixed bag. Um, but the best thing is to make sure that you and his teacher are like on the same page and having her track like, and then questioning yourself once you get an, a message like that of like, hey, he, he wasn't doing great today. Like check in with how his sleep went the night before or if there's been any changes or if he's been a little off at home or it's super important for us to track, 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 track as much as we can because that is, like you're saying, I would like to find the root cause. That is finding the root cause. Like that is tracking that data of like if they're dysregulated or regulated, like that's the key to finding the root cause of like, okay, I know that Charlie and Eli were at John's, you know, for three days. And so for the next three days while they're with me and they transition back into being at my house, like it's going to be a little wonky. And so if they're off at school, now I know why, right? So then we have that root cause of like, okay, this is going on. Especially it's important to track that when they can't tell us like, hey, like this is, you know, I'm a little off because I didn't sleep well or like I'm really tired because sports kept me up all night and like we had a late practice. Like until they're able to verbalize these things, we have to do the tracking for them. I went on a long tangent, but I usually do. <laughs> of, a, of a short answer of like, do it or don't. Um, any other questions or wanting to pick my brain in any other way before we sign off? Mm, I think I'm good. Thank you, Lindsay, for opening up and sharing. Thanks all for having me. I'm thank honored. You, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're honored. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. I, Izzy is such a special little kid and I, he's so cute and I, I love him to death and he's so sweet and it's, it's not easy when our kids are the sweetest, cutest things yet they're just internal systems are struggling and it's not like that they're bad kids. It's that they're learning their nervous system and sometimes their underdeveloped nervous systems is what's getting in the way of them being able to attend and focus. And it's, it's also school and school is not meant for a whole brain child. So at the moment, so, well, thank you. Thank you for being here and until next time, XOXO, Dr. B. 
I was so involved in the conversation that I totally forgot to have Lindsay tell you where you could find Lindsay if you are interested in looking up her jewelry, which is completely awesome. It is LLK Designs, and you can find her on Instagram and check her out. She also has really awesome stuff for holidays and especially Valentine's Day. She's got some good stuff. But thank you again, Lindsay, for opening up and sharing. And we'll see you guys next time.